0: Hi, everybody.
1: I'm John.
0: And I'm Ann.
1: And this is John John and Ann's Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Podcast. okay it worked what instrument was I playing
0: I don't I wasn't looking I was sloshing my brain around inside my skull oh, um, yeah, yeah, to yeah. give myself kind of like one of those tingly highs yeah, yeah, uh, yeah and killing many of the brain cells in the process
1: I love that when I stand otherwise up too fast. otherwise known as head banging oh yeah that's right yeah when I stand up too fast and I get and I feel real high for a second
0: yeah that's what being high is like
1: yeah <laughs> I feel higher than when I was sitting
0: Anyway, welcome to John and Ann's Wrestling Podcast. Hello. We are here this week, fresh off our visit to AEW Collision last night. We were Tony
1: Khan's personal guests, uh, along with. We Ch- were his personal d-
0: guests that he didn't invite and w- didn't know were there.
1: <laughs> yeah, and doesn't know at all personally. Yeah. Um, but we were there.
0: We were there. You know, we were sitting right behind the jib cam. Yeah, which it was, was super fun. Yeah.
1: So one note for AEW is they had the. Uh, you know, like the crane, the jib cam? Yeah, it's called a jib. So the the crane that the camera's on, they had the whole rig was basically right in front of our section mm-hmm. for like two-thirds of the it show. It was our
0: section, Captain.
1: It really was. And it was just like, you could only kind of see half the ring at any point. Yeah. But sometimes when he would turn, the cameraman would turn, you could see through his monitor. So that yeah. helped. And then at one point, it moved. Yeah. For, I think, TIE of Valkyrie versus Sky Blue. Yeah. Uh, and... That was great. And then it came back, but they, I think they realized they had had it right in front of a section of people, Yeah, and they moved it over like two feet where there were no people sitting. So yeah. that helped. That was great.
0: Yeah, that was kind of what was nuts about it, is that we were next to a section that had been blocked off for the camera. Yeah,
1: exactly. But they just like put it... <laughs>
0: but they were right in front of us, and, and it's it was like... just like, why? why wouldn't you block this off? We could have easily...
1: Like... Talk to them, but I was like, I don't want to bother a cameraman at work. I don't this think like they would have stressful... listened to you. No, they wouldn't have, you know. So it's like... <laughs> I don't
0: think we're not their boss. <laughs> exactly,
1: and so, but then I think they did realize that it was in the wrong spot. Um, uh, but yeah, it was annoying, but still a great show.
0: Yeah, we had fun. We, we did spent have fun. about because uh, this is the first thing I always think of when I go out of the house is that we spent or I spent sixty dollars on food. Um, yep. I, I had a $40 meal that cost that, that was just a cheeseburger, fries, and a Pepsi. That was $40 at, at the Prudential Center. And I also, when I, like, I have to say this, because this is like the third time we've been to the Prudential Center for a wrestling mm-hmm. show, right?
1: Yeah, we went to Rampage, Full Gear, and this.
0: Yes. And every single time we've gone to the Prudential Center for something, it always feels like... The staff of the Prudential Center did not expect to have an event tonight. Yeah. (laughs) Like, they're always, like, scrambling. Like, the food is always, like, either, like, super behind on making food or they're out of it. Like,
1: we went through this. Like, uh, from the the moment the show starts.
0: Like, to get a burger. Because we were there at, like, 6.30. Yeah. Which is, like, the doors were, like, at 6, I think. Yeah, yeah. And... We went to get a burger and fries and or chicken strips or something. We're in line. There's no burgers ready at all and mm. no fries. And they're not like looking at you to see what you want. It's self-serve. So you just stand there while they stand around talking. And there's one guy flipping burgers very slowly. And, it, I, and then I got to the Pepsi machine and there was no ice. And at the
1: th- beginning of the show. <laughs> This isn't be- like Yeah, this is
0: at the beginning of the night. Yeah, it
1: wasn't like 1030. It's like after Collision, we're hanging out during ROH. This is like the show has not even started yet. This is
0: like everybody just got there. Yeah. And they're already out of ice. They're it- out of burgers. They're out of Areva, fries.
1: Like venue food is such a great example of like why capitalism is terrible because it's like they're always understaffed on purpose. And they're always, like, the second you get trapped in a a location and have no choice of, like, where to go, price gouging happens immediately.
0: I I also, I want to add, though, that I do not think they were understaffed. There were like seven to... people back it's there. True. there. There were a lot of people, <laughs> and right there. four of them were doing nothing. Yeah, <laughs> just standing there. Um, but that's always how it is at the Prudential Center. Every time yeah. we've gone, you go and you ask someone a question like, "Hey, where can I get ice for my fountain soda?" Mm-hmm. Because this machine is out of ice, and they look at you. As though you've asked them where to find all the gold in El Dorado,
1: you right. know they're like, "What, man? Are you? If I knew where El Dorado <laughs> was, I'd be there now."
0: Uh, so yeah, I have I have notes on the Prudential
1: Center, Arthur, and Ashe, really
0: all arenas, but mostly the Prudential Center.
1: I feel like UBS was all right. Arthur Ashe was better the second time. The first time, Arthur Ashe was a hundred percent not ready for the people to be there because they it's were so
0: weird. They
1: were well because that one, I don't think that. They get, like, like I'm sure was the that U.S. Right Open. Was right after the
0: pandemic that you went? Yeah. yeah. And so it was, like, They full, legitimately like, weren't prepared.
1: It was very full when I went last year for Grand Slam and Arthur Ashe. But in 2021, it was, like, there was not an empty seat there. And it was, they were, I mean, you know, a friend of mine who is a, uh, a loyal listener of ours and I were in line for, I think, about 45 minutes to get food it barely moved and we just had to give up and so i didn't eat anything for the entirety of the show because i also didn't want to get up and miss anything um and so i remember i ordered like halal at like 10 30 or something so that it would get because we were about to close yeah and i would i got home at like midnight and pounded a bunch of i didn't even
0: i didn't even tell you about how when i went to get the soft serve the first soft serve stand i went to the guy was like it's all watery it's coming out watery i love it so i had to walk halfway (laughs) around the arena to find another soft serve place to get the soft serve i wanted and that lady was like not having it either but she at least gave it to me but it was it's just so funny i always feel like i'm imposing on them like i just and and that and everyone around me was being so nice to everybody too Mm -hmm. like all the other customers nobody was like throwing a fit or being snarky about Mm. any of this, but we're all being so polite. And it just, it gives this vibe of like, please, can I have some food?
1: It does sometimes feel like you had to convince them to. Yeah. (laughs) Although I had, I had pretty good interactions there, but everybody who like rang me up was really nice. And then I, I went and bought a beer and a water from, uh, this one girl who was, it was just like a little corner market. And basically it was like, they put up a little bodega section. So you could just like go to a cooler and get what you wanted and take it to her. Uh, and she was on the phone the whole time, but she was apologizing to me um, about it, and she was like, I'm on the phone with my little brother. It's just, and I was like, that's okay. That's Um, nice. And, you know, the interaction was not any slower because of it. Anyway, Um, the
0: wrestling. (laughs) But the
1: wrestling was top notch. It was a great. It was an interesting show because they had, this was the least like loaded episode of Collision they've done, because the premiere, obviously there was a bunch going on, and it was the premiere. Then they had like all these Owen Hart Cup matches. They had CM Punk versus Samoa Joe, which is also part of the Owen Hart Cup. And then so if we track this past week for Tony Khan wrestling promotions, we had the previous Saturday, we had collision with a huge two out of three falls tag team title match of FTR versus Bullet Club Gold and the men's and women's Owen Hart Cup finals. So huge collision. Then on Wednesday, we have Dynamite Blood and Guts, which is, like, one of the biggest Dynamites of the year. Huge show. Kota Ibushi's AEW debut. Then Friday, we have the Rampage that was filmed with that Blood and Guts, Royal Rampage. So we have, like, a special episode of Rampage. And also on Friday, they had a Ring of Honor pay-per-view, which currently they only do, like, three ROH pay-per-views a year. Mm -hmm. So this collision was very much at the end of, like, Tony Khan is, you know, creatively exhausted. This is a reset, you know. So But it was a fun show, and I think it maybe was more fun because it was, like, Didn't really have a lot of expectations for it. They only had announced, like, three matches. A lot of stories were going to be moved forward. It felt like a really well-done Raw.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was fun.
1: They did that thing where that Raw does, like, almost weekly, where it's, like, somebody comes out to do a promo, the person they're feuding with interrupts, an unrelated heel interrupts, and then somebody who's feuding with that heel interrupts them, and so we do four guys through a promo who then make a tag team match to main event the show. Yeah.
0: And um, just so everyone's aware, I did boo CM Punk. Mm-hmm. I booed him hard. I, I was abs- the only one. I, I was the only one in our group who did it. Everyone around us cheered him.
1: I abstained. I booed.
0: Uh, I booed alone.
1: I abstained. I I did boo him once, uh, smallly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's it's interesting. It's it, like it was so interesting w- to once again witness that reaction, and actually for the first time witness it in person, because it, you see it. Like you kind of see their plan coming to fruition, which like you can tell their plan from the beginning was like, you're going to get booed. But we'll just keep presenting you as a face until people forget what happened and like decide they want to move on. Yeah, just let them do... get their booze out, yeah. And then like eventually they will accept what we want, which is for you to be a face. It's a
1: very WWE way to do it. It is,
0: and I feel very much like a WWE fan who's like, but I don't like
1: him. This <laughs> like, was, I mean, that is what it and was. like. It's not like... that
0: I don't like him. It's just that like he, well, and this is let me let me let me get through like what he was doing mm-hmm. because it was. More confusing than just an audience that didn't know if he was a bad guy or a good guy, because like people would boo, other people would cheer. CM Punk chants would start. The audience would ju- basically go through a roller coaster of emotions whenever mm-hmm. he came out. His response to this, well, first they partner him with Darby Allen in a tag match, mm-hmm. and the I think the thing we were supposed to gather there because Darby's like with my friend CM Punk, Which and like sounded makes, like very
1: tongue in cheek.
0: It sounded tongue in cheek, but also like.
1: Or maybe just forced. Didn't is what I mean. didn't make any
0: sense for it to be tongue in cheek because were they feuding? Like, was he making no. fun of him? Like, like this it's is what I very mean. forced, I guess. There is what was nothing. Yes, it felt very forced. And then, like, throughout the match, CM Punk is, like, being very supportive of Darby. And at the end, he does this promo that, like, makes fun of New Jersey, mm-hmm. where we were. <laughs> um, Like, is just kind of sassy. Like, but then he starts saying good things about Darby. And then he ends it with why people from New Jersey should like him. Like, kind of like, I guess, making a pitch to people to like him. But it was just very, very, very confusing to me. Because you don't insult the audience you're in front of unless you are a heel. And, but then, like, when we boo him, we're incorrect, right? Because he's a nice guy and he's friends with Darby. And and he's being supportive. So we're supposed to cheer him. So it was just like this thing where all throughout the evening... As an audience member, you came in with what you already felt about CM Punk, and at no point did the show correct you. Yeah. It was like you've got your baggage. You're going to sit there with your baggage while we feed both sides of this debate with what he's doing. It was just so
1: strange. It was, I mean, because he had a really good promo with Ricky Starks in the beginning, who Starks was very much a heel, and now I fully support this Ricky Starks heel turn because he felt very much in his element. And and
0: even. He's being kind of a like cocky guy in his promos. People weren't booing him. Like oh, people no, were Starks? not. No, because booing him as though he's a villain. Like he wasn't being like, you know. Well, he's
1: also feuding with CM Punk, who's getting a lot of booze. If he was feuding with somebody who the crowd was more behind, he might get.
0: Yeah, but it was funny. He was being yeah, charming, he was, exactly. And, so, he wait, yeah, and he felt yeah
1: alive. He felt like he's being really genuine. And CM Punk was definitely more of the heel in that. Everything that Punk said... I mean, he got big reactions and he felt very much like he was being a heel um, because he was. He was antagonizing the crowd on purpose. And then that was to start the show and it did kind of feel like, okay, maybe this is where they're going. Maybe Punk is going to be the bad guy. Um, And Punk also, he didn't really come off as annoying as he usually does lately. He just was like... I don't know. He wasn't kind of throwing himself a pity party. He was just being a dick, which kind of is what you want from him. But then at the end, he tried to be like, I was razzing you before. This is like post-show. He's like, I was razzing you before, but hey, I'm friends with this millionaire hockey player, and I'm a friend with this other billionaire.
0: Yeah, I was razzing you before, Uh, because we're good friends, says the entertainer in front of the audience. Like, what? What?
1: Yeah, I I mean, the issue is just that he broke the trust, and still we have not addressed the broken trust.
0: Because it's like, once they are waiting out the booze, Clearly, because they're like, no, he's a face. We're going to keep presenting him as a face. We're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep partnering him with guys you like. We're going to keep pushing this. He's a face. He's a face. He's a face. But every once in a while, he's still going to make fun of you and antagonize you and provoke you uh, right before he goes into some speech about how you should like him. <laughs> and It's just I don't. Under- I mean, like, I know wrestling isn't easy. I'm not trying to say it's easy, but its strength is in its simplicity which can kind of overlay some complexity, but what they're doing is they're like hiding simple truths with very complex, like they've tried to make him into like a complex character. And that just does not work when we are dealing with people chanting, like the first thing that comes to mind. It's (laughs) because he won't
1: admit that he did something wrong. I mean, that's at the core of this. He did something wrong. He won't fucking admit it. And then we just are stuck in this thing where he's trying to be this baby face, and I want to like and him. Not only that. It's he, just like he just won't – I don't think well, – I don't know. It, well, he, they
0: also can't admit anything even happened.
1: Yes, we can't talk about so, it because now everybody's going to sue each other if we do this thing, right? And feel, so we can't – We can't. he couldn't be the fifth man in the blood and guts, right? Which yeah. would have been fucking money if he could have been, right? <laughs> Against the elite. That would have been amazing. Yeah. But, and it
0: could have been part of the uh, – it's just a mess. It's a real big mess. In I mean, my it'll like and work
1: out to like a 70% success uh, probably for them, but it's just like it could be better. Um, well, it, and they just can't lean into any of it. I mean, if he's going to be a heel, that's great, but he's right now he's not well, being a heel. I mean, this is it's also it's so John Cena. It's just the most John mm-hmm. Cena thing. It's so incredible that he worked his way in almost by accident into. He wanted to be John Cena so bad for so long, not to like be John Cena. He just wanted to be like the face of the company, mm-hmm. the guy that, you know, is like the main guy. Right. And then he weirdly like he came he got his chance to be the face of the company, to be in that John Cena spot and somehow just became the exact same like face of the company as John Cena was, which is a guy that the crowd cannot get on the same page on. He's a heel to some people, a baby yeah. face to some people. And nobody knows how to react and, and people are rebelling during matches because Well, of it. I was
0: going to bring that up. I was going to say you, it's interesting. Like I was very interested last night in the way the crowd was behaving. I actually took videos just of the crowd at various mm-hmm. points because it was so interesting to mm-hmm. watch this develop throughout the night. And one of the things that happened or one of the lessons I learned is that a divided wrestling crowd is a not good wrestling crowd. Like, One of the things about wrestling that is enjoyable is usually when you are in the crowd, everybody feels the same way about every character. And Mm -hmm. it's like, this person's a good guy. This person's a bad guy. That's why the heel face dynamic is so important because it allows the crowd to know, okay, this is what we're all doing as a group. We're all booing. We're all going to chant. Fuck you. Shut the fuck up, whatever. Or we're going to chant this person's name. We're going to cheer for them. You know, everybody is united in that feeling. Mm -hmm. Last night, there were like, you know, cause CM Punk came out twice. Mm-hmm. So there were instances at the beginning of the show and the end of the show where the crowd was completely divided. Some people were booing. Other people were chanting CM Punk mm-hmm. because of this at <laughs> before the last match, the ring announcer comes up and she's trying to get people hyped before they come back.
1: Yeah, during a commercial break, she comes. Yeah, out but before and she's they before
0: they go live, she's trying to get them hyped, like at a minor so league baseball game. She's calling out each section mm-hmm. and asking them to like cheer. You know, she miss she doesn't call out like section five.
1: I think <laughs> and, she did call them. Well, out. Whatever. whatever. Yeah,
0: they all of a sudden start chanting like after she's done with this. Section five, section five, and it's funny at first to me. Um, and but then they start doing it during the match, yeah. And people start progressively getting angrier
1: and angrier, because they're distracting from the match so at this point, we've there, got section there, there was, five. There was a point literally where a guy was turned around so his back is to the ring, yeah, in section five, like leading the chorus of section five, yeah. I mean, if you turn your back to the wrestling at any point, mm-hmm. something is wrong.
0: Yeah, and, and it was really distracting and people started chanting back at them like fuck section five. Yeah, and there was a nice and...
1: section five, sucks. section five sucks.
0: Yeah, people were there was legitimate
1: like arguing through chance <laughs> and
0: yeah, and I found that very um, interesting, <laughs> but I think it was just like it's because I think when people are watching a match like that where they don't know who the heroes are They don't know who they're supposed to root for, right? Or they like don't agree on it and there's a tension, right? There's like this weird tension among the crowd because Mm -hmm. people like people behind us were chanting CM Punk and I was booing and I'm sure Mm -hmm. that bothered them. I'm Mm -hmm. sure they were probably annoyed with me, but I was like, I I don't know what else to do. This is what I am going to do because I'm in the crowd or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) And so I feel like that tension just kind of boiled over into that particular conflict where like it was hard to get invested in the wrestling because we were all so tense among each other that it was like you felt like your neighbor was like against you
1: or annoyed with you. And it yeah. was
0: like just this unaddressed tension that was bleeding into a bad vibe in the crowd.
1: I mean, that is, again, how WWE crowds would feel with Cena because there would be like mm-hmm. I would be- There'd be, like, little kid. I feel bad for doing this, but there would be, like, little kids... I remember at WrestleMania 29, there were little kids in front of me cheering for John Cena and The Rock, and I was behind them booing both of them. Yeah. Uh, And it was, like... I'm not proud of this, you know, but it was... That was the energy that was there. You yeah. Know? And you know who I wanted to be in that match was CM Punk. But 10 years ago, CM Punk was in a different situation than now CM Punk. Yeah. But they... It just was... It really is, like... A dog who's having behavioral issues because, like, they're they don't, there's like a power vacuum, they yeah. don't know who's kind of supposed to be the alpha. So then they start being like, Am I supposed to be the leader of the pack? Well, I don't know what to do, so I guess I'm just gonna start chewing things up and destroying well, things because just... I don't know. And then, so that's what yeah. happens. Also, AEW crowds are very susceptible to like ironic chants and meta stuff, yeah. So if you open them up to it, it can be very dangerous, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the section five thing was really annoying, and it's just but I think it is because there was that that vacuum. If they were heavily invested, they, they would never would have done that versus like during like FTR versus Bullet Club Gold yeah. last week. You know what I mean? Like if they knew you...
0: who to root for, like I think it just demoralizes people. Yeah. Because they want to get behind what's happening, but if they don't know what's happening, they can't get behind it. Yeah. They're like, okay, these guys are wrestling, but I don't know who the good guy is. I don't know who the bad guy is. I'm worried if I boo, the guy next to me is going to get mad. If I chant CM Punk, the guy next to me is going to get mad. Yeah, even if they're like, not
1: thinking about it that like, no, they're not. I mean, I'm saying this is entirely
0: yeah. subconscious. This yeah. is just crowd psychology. This is just how people act when they're in crowds. Yeah, or they
1: just get bored because they're not invested in the match.
0: Exactly. Like, they get bored, they get anxious, and then they start acting out. And it's like... like a little
1: dog who doesn't know what to do. Yeah, leader. but it's not
0: even like... I almost feel like part of it is also like... AW trying to dominate the crowd in a way the crowd resents.
1: That sounds familiar.
0: But yeah, like trying to shove this... Face CM Punk down somewhere I've seen that before for 10 straight years. And they resent it. And so not only are they like not united and not on the same Mm -hmm. page, but now they feel condescended to in a way that probably makes people a little bit annoyed.
1: Pull up the footage from (laughs) Royal Rumble 2014 John Cena versus Randy Orton, which is probably the best example of that.
0: Yeah, I almost feel like it's more like being in a passive-aggressive relationship where, like, one mm-hmm. person does something the other person doesn't like, so then the other person, like, passive-aggressively acts out.
1: Mm-hmm. It's also kind of like gaslighting because you're just like, what are you talking about? This is mm-hmm. great.
0: I, I threw you a look right after I said passive-aggressively acts out. Huh? And you didn't respond. And now I, I just look like a jerk. So Yeah,
1: you're the you're emotionally <laughs> abusive, and I just choose to... I just take it from
0: you. Anyway, we had a good time at Collision. We did. It was
1: a great show. And even that main event that we're like you know, giving all this feedback to, it was a really good main event. It I was. Mean, and they got they the crowd really back match. eventually. Yeah, they did. The you last could like see five on, to 10 minutes of it were great.
0: Yeah. And you could see it on their faces. They understood what was, yeah, they something were was wrong. They like, were definitely
1: talking to each, Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah. They were definitely like trying to figure out how they could get the crowd back.
1: Um I did love uh, Christian Cage and Ricky Starks arguing over which one of them was going to start the tag match. Cause yeah. neither one of them wanted to start. And they were just saying, you start. <laughs> yeah. Um, very yeah. fun.
0: Hmm. But Cause that's the thing is like, Ricky Stark is such a, cool guy you want to root for him i I mean i last last night was the first time i have really enjoyed ricky stark i was always kind of agnostic on ricky stark i was not bullish on ricky stark starks starks i know um he's not <laughs> in uh, winterfell sorry <laughs> or the i can't, Iron Man can't make suit. any small mistakes you around can't. this one <laughs> he and his
1: sister billy yeah. are gonna yeah would anyway. you have called her billy stark
0: I don't know. Sometimes uh, I misspeak, guys. I'm not the best talker. I'll be honest. No, you're, um, not. you're a
1: great hand in the ring. Not the best promo. N- I'm
0: not. I sometimes do fumble over words, and oh. it's embarrassing, and oh, I get God embarrassed. Now <laughs> I'm
1: the uh, manipulative <laughs> yeah. one.
0: Yeah. Anyway, Ricky Starks. Ricky thank Starks you, was... And everybody loves the sound of an S on a podcast, yeah, Ricky's Ricky Starks. Like, that's what people like listening to in their headphones. This is, is ASMR. Going, that's fine. Yeah. It, you can feel it in your teeth, you know? Uh... Anyway, Ricky Starks is a really fun guy who I really started to enjoy last night in a way I have never before. And so that was complicated because Christian is such a heel. Oh, he's so great. Like, he's so, like, boo, boo, boo heel. Um, Whereas Ricky Starks is, like, a heel in the sense that he talks about, like, being good-looking, you Mm -hmm. know? But he's funny and he's charming. And so it's like you wanted to root for him, but he's paired with Christian who's, like...
1: Evil talks about how everybody's dad is dead, <laughs>
0: yeah, and then they're against a guy I was booing, mm-hmm. plus a guy I like okay. And so it was just, you know, em- emotionally, it was a mess of a match. A mess, yeah. There of a was match.
1: it is interesting to watch because it's like, where are we going with all this? Yeah. But it was, but I had been like, Starks was a great heel, but then he was like such a really good babyface, and he was right, re- he's a very great babyface wrestler, he's very good at like do, working at comeback and all this stuff, yeah. and you know, I wanted him to be maybe like the top baby face on collision. And I was really having. So when he turned heel, I was like, I don't know if this might be like regressing for him, but he was so good. And he felt so in his element and everybody was so excited. And I think this is actually like exactly what you want to do with him. It was, I had a full 180 on it, hundred percent support him being a heel. He was great mm-hmm. talking about how sexy he was and all this stuff. It yeah. was like, this is perfect. He just needs to stay in this crowd was eating it up. They loved it. Yeah, it was great. And then he was in the main event. This is see, Best thing he ever did was being like, "I'll work with CM Punk, sure."
0: Oh, Ricky Starks.
1: Yeah, because it was then he gets all this time on Collision, and if he had been like, "I don't want to work with CM Punk," then maybe he would have been on Dynamite, you know. Mm -hmm. And he meant, I mean, he probably would have been fine, but this way he gets to be like the star of Collision.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, he's great. Uh, You know, I was thinking uh, also about this match, and I almost feel like Darby aligning with CM Punk is not ideal for Darby either Mm -hmm. because right as I said, like the thing where I was like a guy I'm booing and a guy I kind of like, right? Like Darby, I like, but Darby does have that like art school, Guy who doesn't take notes, yeah, I, persona that we've yeah. always kind of made fun of a little yeah. bit. Not because we don't like Darby, but because it's like kind of funny to be like, oh yeah, this art student who like doesn't take he's notes, very pretentious. It yeah. <laughs> probably
1: would be annoying to talk to. It's a for it's more a character yeah. you can
0: kind of see being heelish exactly, in that way. Yes, yes, and quite unfortunately, that is the kind of persona that CM Punk, if he's trying to be a face, probably doesn't want to be lumped in with because that is the worst part of CM Punk's persona is the guy who doesn't take notes, the guy who's like precious and like, can't be criticized. Yeah. Shits
1: on everything. Like it yeah. just,
0: it reminds you of that. And so it's like, yeah. I don't know if this is where we should put him, you know?
1: Darby also is great. He's probably one of my favorites in AEW, right? But he's shouldn't talk for more than a few <laughs> lines. Like his promos should be like very, I think it would work for him if he's, like, this dark, mysterious guy. I don't want yeah. to know too much about him. You know what I mean? I want yeah. him to be this guy who's all, like, goth. and The guy like... who
0: ripped half his face exactly. off. Exactly. Yeah. And he
1: just does, like, he does these, like, probably short, sinister, maybe maybe overly mm-hmm. artsy lines about, like, poetically how he's going to, like, take you out. Yeah. And he'll do his, like, film school shorts. I love those, like, promos, that those videos that he does. Mm-hmm. Those are great. And just, like, have him communicate through that. Don't have him out there talking, like, for 20 minutes. And a pro- like it just doesn't it's like why the Undertaker didn't do long promos like yeah. Darby is an Undertaker type of character
0: or a Sting type of
1: character yeah. though I don't even think Sting Sting used I, to do longer I mean, Sting was more of a normal guy at first and he would do like longer normal promos and then he became the crow because he was trying to oust the NWO from
0: uh, I did see WCW. I did see a thing about that a while ago oh great him changing his makeup he did and, it uh,
1: was a big deal he turned his back on WCW too because people didn't believe that he was yeah not with them
0: yeah What other collision thoughts do we have? Uh, Sky Blue Taya Valkyrie was great. I enjoyed that match a lot. Taya is. Taya Valkyrie, seeing her in person Mm -hmm. is. She's a star. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. I I don't think I've ever seen her wrestle in person before.
1: Yeah, I saw her at MLW here at Melrose Ballroom. Yeah, no, I was really. really Oh, we saw her at Triple A, actually. It was. uh, Remember when we went to that Triple A show at the Hulu Theater? I think you were there. Oh, oh. And so it, was, oh, so it was her versus... This was uh, years ago, yeah, folks. Was like this was like pre-pandemic. Yeah, it was like 2019. AAA did a show there, and it was her versus... I, <laughs> I forgot, forgot this about this until just now. forgot about this. It was her versus Tessa wow. Blanchard, which wow. in a great match as well. For
0: the, yeah, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh.
1: But she was, she was a star, and this match really got... I don't know if people were like, ironically cheering for sky blue I, I don't think but it was a it was a very good match the I crowd i very i think were into being it. ironic no at all. she's a good baby face they
0: were people were like cheering for her like they would cheer for their little sister you exactly. know? it wasn't it was it didn't feel silly Facetious. or anything like yeah yeah because i would see guys like stand up yeah. on the floor and like come start, on sky blue yeah they they seemed legitimately yeah. like good for her you there know? was a great like
1: <laughs> blue 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 yeah. blue she should team up with blue cane that would be awesome. She should work. Did yeah. you know
0: Blue Kang got suspended from Twitter because of the Taker?
1: Oh, yeah. That, uh, or at, yeah, at least yeah, Mac he Cardo- said that in a promo. <laughs> Matt Cardona got him suspended. Well, he claimed that he got him suspended from Twitter, which yeah. is probably so much... Also, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't
0: fact-checked it.
1: Yeah. Anyway, um,
0: did you want to do some ROH thoughts?
1: Sure, yeah. I'm going to add some... Uh, we liked
0: Collision. Thing. We liked seeing it live. Um, it was fun. Tony gave... Tony appeared three times. Oh
1: my god. Yeah, she, to hype the crowd yeah. up and it was great. Tony will appear three times. <laughs>
0: we loved it. We loved it every time. I recorded every instance on my phone he, for the, safekeeping. The
1: last one you pointed out that he was, uh, he was <laughs> Can like, I do it? I'm gonna yeah, physically yeah. do it.
0: He was like he was like, um, first of all, we love you, Tony. we, love and you, we Tony. find your appearances to be so charming. Yes. So when we make fun of you, we're doing it as uh, in a loving way. Yes. But it was, like, the last time he addressed us, he came out and he said some stuff, and then he was like, yeah, you guys are ready, yeah? And he's, like, slowly his body starts turning, like his shoulders mm-hmm. move, and he's just, like, continuing to talk as he's slowly, like, walking back yeah, when you're, away from us. <laughs> when
1: you're trying to leave a party or whatever, and you're like, all right, yeah, good to see you. Okay, what's that? Yeah, yeah okay. All right, <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, what? Yeah, 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 I'll, yeah, of course. That was what he was doing, but it's funny because... We couldn't respond. So <laughs> he could have just ended this whenever he wanted. There was no need. He just, there like, there was, was no, so we couldn't delightful. call him back. He could just be like, okay, thanks, bye. It was just, and it, it also, was great. He, I mean, I love seeing him. He didn't even have to go out there. He no. could have just, you know. And we were
0: with a friend of ours who'd, who's worked at WWE, and yeah. they were like, oh, my God, he is so much, he's like night and day charming compared to vince and you i was like yeah
1: man he really is
0: because you just see him and you're like i just root for this guy man you know i just root for him even though he's a billion dollars he yeah. still seems like an everyman cool like well, just vince as nervous a, as any of us would be type vince of is dude. A ruthless
1: jock and tony is a <laughs> Charming little nerd. You yeah, know what I mean? It's great. Yeah,
0: Tony has heart in the game.
1: Vince McMahon hates his product and Tony loves it. That's yeah, that is
0: the difference. You but know? we really loved it. Mm-hmm. I'm I might put some of those I might put some of my recordings online later for other people to enjoy. Because oh, they was, are yeah. they are just just wonderful. And it was funny because the people behind us too, before he came out, I heard the guy telling his friend, like, he's gonna come out here. And he's gonna he's gonna yell and it's yeah. gonna be so funny. Let's dude. go! Yeah. <laughs> like everybody in the crowd is just So excited to see Tony, because we all know what's coming, and we just love it. It's so sweet. I love Tony. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
1: So, yeah, he came out. That was, and he, uh, oh, I do have, okay, I guess we'll move into these ROH, because this is part of ROH. Yeah. I was going to talk about the ROH pay-per-view, Death Before Dishonor. I have a note for the ROH TV show.
0: Mm.
1: Just do an hour. One hour. One hour a week. No more, no less. Just film an hour before collision mm-hmm. every Saturday mm-hmm. before collision, you do a tight one hour show. Not everybody needs to be on every episode. If there's somebody you want to be on it more regularly, if they're not wrestling that week, do a promo. I think a, a thing you can look to, I don't want to make ROH NXT and I don't want to, I don't want to give them notes like WWE, but NXT was one of the, even still kind of was one of the most perfectly structured and booked wrestling shows. It was one hour a week. Mm-hmm. They would and they they taped it in three-hour chunks, but they would do the tapings monthly, and it was local, so it would be like the same people that would go every time. Mm-hmm. And so they would cut it up into three to four episodes. And they would just have like so Johnny Gargano couldn't wrestle every week, but he would be on it like three times because he would wrestle, he'd do a backstage promo, he'd do a pre-recorded promo, you know, and so you would you'd have people rotate and it was great. Yeah. And he would build an audience that way. And
0: when you don't have commercial breaks, you can do a lot in an hour. Yeah,
1: it's a full hour yeah and roh right now is like i haven't even been watching it it was getting better it was finding its footing uh but it still is like sometimes be like two and a half three hours sometimes be you know an hour and a half and i'm like if this was one hour a week like rampage i would watch roh every week
0: oh i love rampage because it's an hour
1: exactly and so i feel like
0: i never miss rampage because it's an hour
1: exactly and you have to be like right now you just want to build an audience, a a regular audience is going to watch the show and you want the show to feel important. Mm -hmm. And if it's an hour every week, everything on the show is going to feel more important than when it's three hours and And, you're like, there's 15 throwaway matches here. You can
0: plan better. Yes. Like when, when you know a show is an hour long, you can say, okay, I've got two hours before I got to leave for this thing or whatever. I can watch an episode of this and then get ready. And like that, it just fits more seamlessly into your life as opposed to... I don't know how long this is. This is like a whole afternoon's investment. Yeah, because what did they
1: do? So they started shooting, because we got there at like 6.30 or something. Yeah, we got there at like 6.20, yeah. So they shot matches for at least an hour and a half or so before Collision started. Mm -hmm. Then Collision ends at 10. We stay until like about 11. Yeah. And then they still did another five more matches after that, at least two of which I'm sure were very short squash and matches I'm pissed, looking at the results. You
0: looked, he, you looked it up and you realized that the main event on that ROH was Dalton Castle and Sonny Kiss, two wrestlers we love.
1: Yeah, we wanted to be there to support them. We would have them,
0: loved to have seen that.
1: But I don't want to stay till 1230 to see you know, know. you know, and so it's just like it's just crazy to do. It. Or if you're going to do it before and after, just do like half an hour, half an hour. It's just because you're mm-hmm. also getting your audience out of there. But, like, yeah. there's not going to be any audience. It's going to feel dead. Everybody's tired. Yeah. So just do an hour. That's how they exactly what they do with Rampage. They do an hour before or after. I think it's usually after Dynamite, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes the crowd leaves or whatever. But for the most part, the crowd is going to stay for Rampage. And they're going to be hot for the whole show. Because if you're just doing maybe a dark match or something in the beginning of the show, you're doing two-hour Dynamite, one-hour Rampage. That's a three-hour show. That's a normal wrestling show. Yeah. You can get through that. There's not, you know... But this is like, you know, a f- it becomes like a five, six, like a six hour show. Yeah. And it's like, just do an hour a week, a solid, well-booked hour. well booked hour And I would, watch it. We would, I would watch it, Tony, please. This is only going to be better for mm-hmm. uh, your roster. That said, ROH has been getting better. The uh, Death Before Dishonored pay-per-view was great. Um, really good show. Uh, one thing though is like Tony Khan, man, you, he loves the heartbreaking loss because last pay per view it was Eddie Kingston. I was like, man, he's got to beat Claudio, and then he didn't. And then this time it was like, man, Willow's gotta. It's like Willow, she lost to Athena once in like a heartbreaker title match. Then she beat her in the Owen Hart Owen Hart Cup tournament, and then won the Owen Hart Cup tournament. Gets a rematch, and the main event. The last match on the show, after like almost no titles on this show have changed hands, uh, and after like a very simple screw job finish to the ROH World Title match between Claudio and Pac, and she—I mean, it was a great match, lots of great callbacks to like uh, women's wrestlers of the past, but it just she lost again, and it was like another heartbreaking loss and just like man i don't i mean it's cool because you do it's cool to like build up these rivalries and build up these champions and championships and make them like feel really important so when they do lose it's a big deal but it's also like it's a fine line between like letting it go on and on and on and on so it's like a bigger deal and it means more and just like missing your opportunity for somebody
0: yeah um do you want to move on to, oh, shoot, and the awards? Because we were going to talk about something else, but I feel like we don't have time, and I want to make sure we give time to that We topic. can
1: do that next week. Because
0: we we're going to talk about unions, but we'll talk about that next week.
1: Yeah, and not just the faction that was called the union, which was a couple guys that left no. the corporation in WWF in yeah. 1999. It no. was,
0: yeah. Like and subscribe, and we'll do a whole episode next week on
1: unions. Yeah. It'll be great. It'll be great. Uh, so we'll yeah we'll move on to, oh, shoot. Oh,
0: shoot. Formerly known as Gossip Corner.
1: Because
0: <laughs> uh, nobody knows what a shoot means.
1: That's right. People know what a shoot uh, If they're listening to this, they probably heard him shoot. All right. Um, I mean, Actually, this is what I put here. I just have, like, small things. One, I was just going to make fun of CM Punk constantly talking about it, the billionaires and millionaires he's friends with <laughs> as a babyface move. D- picking David Zaslav at the beginning of the writer strike. the, the who, at, Until Bob Iger <laughs> did his promo, I think David <laughs> Zaslav was... Like, the least popular
0: one. He was the Jeff Jarrett of the writer's strike for a long time. And so he was, like, David Zaslav. The real heel you actually hate. David
1: Zaslav loves me. And it was, like, if you're being a heel, this is brilliant. If you're not, this is a very weird choice. But It
0: really is, like, being, like, Vince McMahon loves me. Like, good? (laughs) Because
1: he also talked about how he was friends with, like, the owner of the Devils or, like, some, like, famous hockey player. And it's, like, first of all, I don't know who this is. Second of all, it is just, like, you know, all these people that – don't pay you anything i love these guys they love me
0: yeah oh god it and is then, very funny ugh. anyway
1: um but uh another thing that has been happening mlw major league wrestling has been suing wwe for monopolistic practices mm. um and at one point
0: wait wwe has been suing,
1: ML- ML- has been suing oh, WWE. mlw has
0: been suing wwe has been suing
1: w <laughs> yeah like how i said uh, the, i said that the acronym the full name sorry and then say no i then, know
0: i just i heard it wrong sorry yeah, okay. sorry it's guys It's okay
1: i know um you know you wrestled last night at roh because they were like at, at, after a while at roh once it hits 3 a.m they're like does anybody else want to wrestle there really is no room there.
0: for mistakes on this podcast there isn't
1: unless they're mine in that case then get off my back <laughs> um But, yeah, so MLW is suing WWE for being a monopoly and for, like, trying to behave like a monopoly and Mm -hmm. uh, stopping them from competing. And at one point, the judge gave them an extension because he was, like, he wanted them to fix something about their argument. And then in that extension period, WWE started – or Peacock, I think, like, bought out or started a relationship with Reels, I think, the uh, um, streaming service, which MLW had just very recently been like, we're going to have our show on Reels And then in this time frame where the judge gave them a chance to like strengthen their argument or whatever, WWE like helps or Peacock is like, it, basically they get them screwed out of this streaming deal. And it was like, what a perfect thing to put in this. And then, so the judge was like, okay, this is a great argument. And then WWE tried to get them to dismiss it. And the judge was like, no way, this is a good argument. Uh, and so now they're suing them. A, and what I'm reading Mm -hmm. Uh, based on purely rumors is that wwe is like getting very kind of particular about how they approach talent and how they talk to talent and they like will not talk to anybody who's currently signed anywhere unless they like are their contract is up basically like i mean 30 years ago 20 well 25 years ago Chris Jericho's in WCW. His contract's about to expire, but it's not yet. He's still under contract to WCW. And in uh uh where is it? This book, he talks about um how he um he like went to Vince McMahon's house while he was under contract to WCW, and Vince had like all these brownies from and they had like a whole thing and they were talking about how oh yeah, it sounds like it sucks I would, there.
0: I would never eat Vince McMahon's brownies. No. They're filled with steroids. I would never accept a baked good from
1: Fitzwilliam. <laughs> no. Um, oh, there should be a tag team called the Baked Bads. And they're like, bake... Anyway, um, so they... <laughs> so... Yeah, so they used to do whatever. And even like a, last year, two years ago, there were a lot of rumors that they were approaching AEW. Like, once Triple H took power again, he was bringing all those people back. There were a lot of rumors that he would That WWE was reaching out to like swerve strickland and malachi black and all these people that were under contract to aw now that they mm. wanted to bring back yeah uh and that's like contract tampering mm. um and so now i think they're like very 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 reluctant to like reach out to anybody mm-hmm. because of this and i mean like they would love to be they were a monopoly for a long time and they're trying to like remain that yeah so i yeah. love this lawsuit
0: that's exciting. I'm going to keep an eye on that. Um, yeah. And then what's the Cardona thing?
1: Oh, just that he was apparently on a DDT show in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Pan, which I think is, like, one of their bigger shows. Uh, and DDT is, like, a great promotion, but it's, like, also, like, 30% comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that's, I believe, where Yoshihiko came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that Yoshihiko, I know, is a very serious wrestler, but... Uh, but Matt Cardona was there and he, so Chelsea Green, his wife just won the WWE women's tag team championship with, um, Sonya Deville. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they, he was wearing her tag team championship belt at this DDT show. And people online are like, there's gotta be a replica. Right. And some people are like, does it matter? (laughs) It's still yeah. like kind of a huge.
0: You've got a logo for another. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, DDT. I'm sure doesn't care, but like. No, I know, but WWE. I'm like, that is it's the
0: use of their logo and intellectual property. That so, is dangerous.
1: Yeah. Uh, That's very dangerous for her. So I don't know, like what I wonder. So, I mean, I some people are like, did he wonder if he cleared that with Triple H? Um, but Who it knows? is. It is.
0: Um, I have a little bit of uh, gossip. Sure. Um, Last night, when I was trying to get a burger at Prudential Center, uh, which was a twenty-minute, you know, venture, mm-hmm. uh, I helped um, the person in front of me figure out how to get a hot dog, and that person was David Lagreca, who's the oh, co-host wow. of Busted Open on SiriusXM. Wow! Um, so you're welcome, David. I hope you enjoyed your hot dog. I was the person who explained how to get one, kind of. Wow!
1: Our sister show. Our sister. <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> All right, should we do the awards? Yeah. Let's do this week's awards. First up is promo of the week.
1: And I think we are in agreement on this. For the first we time are. in We history, picked the
0: same one. We picked that, the same one, which is Ricky Starks
1: on Collision. Ricky's Starks uh on Collision. That's right. He was great. Crowd was so into it. I was so happy. Like it was just felt like just such a fully formed character was so comfortable and it was like this is exactly it just felt so right. Yeah. You know?
0: And again, like I said, I've seen Ricky Starks do um, several promos in my time and I've always you I've said this to you too, much to your chagrin. I've gone, you know, I don't quite get why people like Ricky Starks so much. I mean he's fine, but I I know I just never connected with and him I was that like, much. You're
1: wrong and I screamed at you.
0: Um well I wasn't wrong because everybody's opinions uh when it comes to art are valid, uh, because they are their own. Mm-hmm. But this pr- promo last night um, was funny, and it was charming, and it made me get his deal, mm-hmm. and then I was like, oh my gosh, I really like Ricky Starks, so good job, Ricky Starks. You did it, you, Richard. You got over with me, personally, and that's big. I also, I had an honorable mention, though.
1: That's fine. It's okay, because we had- um, The same one. We had the same one, and yeah. also, we didn't do a show last week, so I think right. we I didn't put do a more than one match.
0: Week. But, wait, because my honorable mention happened this week, didn't it?
1: Yeah, but it's okay. We yeah. built we built it up. Right.
0: Anyway, we uh, saved it. We have a slot saved. Uh, my honorable out. mention was this week on Dynamite. You know it's coming. It's MJF and Adam Cole doing a dance off against uh, Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara. Yes. Yeah, it was a dance off, and Adam Cole is not a good dancer, but it was very fun. And I love, love, love when wrestlers do a dance off. It's my favorite thing. We
1: saw that at House of Glory.
0: We did. We saw it at House of Glory. Um, it, it's something that happens rarely, it, and, yeah. and 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 a and a good amount of rarely. Like yes. the, the rareness of it is what makes it special, because yes. you never know when it'll happen. You'll probably see one every six months if you watch a lot of wrestling, and then when it does happen, it's Depends like on how much
1: GCW you watch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, they don't do. They I, don't actually, do it. No, it's actually never, not that much. Yet. I don't think I've ever seen a GCW dance off. No because um, they, they throw each other into barbed wire and stuff. They're not dancing.
1: No, they do fun stuff, too, though. But I ha- yeah, I have some fun um, stuff yeah.
0: from GCW I'm going to talk about later. But, yeah, but wrestling dance-offs, when they do happen, it's rare, it's exciting, it's thrilling, it's wonderful. Great job, boys.
1: Yeah, it was great. And then FTR had a good in character response to it, was is that they were like, oh, they're yeah. making jokes about this and we're going to like kick their asses because this is very serious to us.
0: Yeah, they're dancing. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? This makes me work for MJF more. Because it was funny when they mentioned that too because they mentioned it and the crowd cheered. Yeah, they did. Because <laughs> the crowd loved it. Yeah. Uh, anyway.
1: It was, Um, I mean, it's, it, this is actually, this is the first Forbidden Door, like Dynamite versus Collision match. Because it's like the serious oh, yeah. collision, patient wrestling versus mm-hmm. dynamite, just like wacky fun versus the
0: fun stuff people enjoy watching. Well, people oh. like collision as well. You know, collision
1: is good, but they're yeah, but yeah I'm talking it is smack down.
0: Yeah, I'm talking smack down.
1: You're talking smack down to people.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, it was uh, it's it really is kind of like the two ideologies, but. We'll see what happens. Actually, it was kind of a big week for dancing because Daniel Garcia also wrestled Katsuyori Shibata for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship at Death Before Dishonor, and the whole thing was about him like bringing out his serious wrestler side and not dancing, but the dancing was so over. And he yeah. danced as Shibata had him in a in a sleeper hold. He was like dancing as he was passing yeah. out.
0: And Ryan Nemeth on Ring of Honor also did a lot of hip thrusting this week. He mm. posted a clip of it, uh, and he was real proud of that, so... Hollywood Man, Hunk. Also put Hollywood dancing. Hunk on TV. All right. Uh, match of the week. You seem to have picked um, far more than I one know. match. Uh, which well, doesn't feel fair. Uh, I It kind I did of undermines the whole point. I did a match <laughs> from
1: last week and a match from this week. And I'll delete this oh, other thing. Oh,
0: okay. That's all right.
1: So last week's match was something that... I can't, you know, it was the FTR versus bullet club gold. Two out of three falls. Of tag course, team Everybody match. loved that match. It was great. And it, everybody loved it because it was uh, honestly it, like a masterpiece.
0: I watched it with my brother and it was funny because we didn't know it was two out of three falls. Cause we mm-hmm. didn't like watch the very beginning of it, but it was mm-hmm. funny. Cause we were, uh, kind of jumping around watching different things and coming back to it when it was off commercials. And the length of the match was really jarring to us. Cause we were like, they're still wrestling.
1: <laughs> yeah. I love a two out of three falls match. that's like that because it, it's more realistic because it's like, well, yeah, if a normal match is like 20 minutes. The first fall shouldn't happen in two minutes. I mean, it can, and mm-hmm. you can justify it, but it's like, it makes more sense that it would take mm-hmm. forever to get that first fall. And then it would make sense that the other two falls would be a little faster after that because they're more tired. They're tired yeah. now. Um, so that was a great match. Yeah. I mean, you gotta seek that out. If, if you, if you watch nothing else from AEW for the past several months, it's that. And then, I'll say this week, with all the G1 stuff that's going on, I mean, G1 Climax Tournament, so many great things happening in it. Check it out. Um, but I, I'll give it to Willow Nightingale versus Athena from Ring of Honor. They had a great match. Um, a lot of callbacks to, like I said, um, uh, women's wrestlers of the past. A lot of, uh, they would were doing a bunch of um, finishers from people. Oh. And it was just like it was like a tribute to women's Did wrestling. like
0: a Lita moonsault kind of deal? No,
1: it was more like indie wrestling stars. Oh, like that's Daisy cool. Daisy Hayes and Mizchiff. Wow. Um, and Sarah Del Rey, who is the actually the head one of the head trainers in NXT, um, and she was like a big indie wrestling women's star, and then basically retired when she signed with WWE, and has been one of the main reasons why the WWE women's division has been like more prominent now because she mm-hmm. started training them. Instead, They used to, I believe, train them to be like catfight stuff and hair yeah. pulls and stuff like that. And she was like, I'm just going to train you exactly the same way they train the men. Yeah. So you're going to learn all the same stuff. And it's yeah. obviously has been better. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. So it was a great match. That's good. Um, and Athena, I I like don't want Athena to leave ROH. I want there to be more women's content on AEW, but I'm like afraid it won't happen. And I'm like, I don't want her to just join the outcasts and be... Uh, nobody yeah, nobody of her less. own
0: force like she I don't I would I would hate to see her join a faction unless she was the clear the leader, leader yeah. of it because she's Even though
1: she like makes logical sense to join the outcast because she's also a former WWE person who hates the al- everybody but, but she's but also
0: just her own person yeah, in exactly. such a way that like I think that it would be very disappointing to see her forced to conform yeah. to like a, a larger I
1: think they should approach her Yeah and, and I think she like, should no. be
0: t- I think she should be too crazy because yeah. this is the thing about Athena is that she's like a heel, and she's you know, thinks she's better than everybody, but she's also like, Crazy. Yeah, yeah, she's like insane. She's yeah. got like that, like Nikki Cross, she hasn't she's got Nikki like that Cross Nikki type Cross, type Cross energy to her, kind of, um, but in a more calculated way. Like, she's not feral or anything, mm-hmm. yeah, but she's yeah. just like an evil genius, is I guess yeah, what mm-hmm. I would say she is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think she would work well with the outcasts because they're a little bit too juvenile yeah <laughs> like the, the spray mm. paint thing like yeah. i just they're they're kind of like just punks literally yeah. so i don't think that
1: it was fun fits. it was funny man this owen hart tournament both of them those finals it was a bad bad night for uh heavily tattooed punk rock x wwe wrestlers who are also friends with the band rancid <laughs> i mean <laughs> yeah both of them cm yeah. punk and ruby soho <laughs>
0: All right, is it time for my match of the week? Because I'm excited. I think so. I'm excited to share about this match. So my match of the week is a GCW pick from uh, the GCW show. There were a bunch of them this week, and I already forgot which show this was on. Uh, I should
1: have. GCW, when I went to that live, my God, Yoshihiko and Speedball, and there were so many uh, great matches.
0: Anyway, it, was, it happened this week. I'm going to pull it up right now so I can give you the correct name of the show, because otherwise I'm going to... Because GCW always has um, silly names. Names for all their. Uh, now and things. forever was the one
1: I went to here.
0: Yeah, it, it, Planet Death. That's Great. what it is. <laughs> um, I was like, it's called like Planet Injury or something, but no, Planet Death. <laughs> no,
1: it's full. They went all far yeah. more serious.
0: Yeah, um, and Charlie Evans, Rena Yamashita, and Sawyer Rack uh, were in a trio's match against Daisuki Masooka. Isami Kodaka, and Yuko Miyamoto. And (laughs) this match is crazy because on commentary, they have Kikutaro.
1: Kikutaro? Oh, my God. On commentary? (laughs) Wow.
0: And so you get, like, all the Rina Yamashita, like, crazy stuff where she's, like, grabbing dudes' balls. Mm -hmm. And then you get, like, um, the response of... I'm going to pull it up and just play it because it's so ridiculous. Um, Okay, hang on. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Yeah, okay.
1: Rena's got the biggest balls of everybody in this match. (laughs) Oh, yes. Smash! Smash! Smash, squeeze. Miyamoto will never have kids again. Oh! Uh, ball for ball, Kiku.
0: So he'll smash, smash, smash when she's like grabbing this guy's balls. Mm-hmm. And that's funny. And then there's another uh, moment where um, Sawyerette gets staple gunned in the crotch. Oh my God. Yeah, it's... Uh, very yikes but then Sawyer gets the staple gun and staple guns the guy's
1: crotch oh no and then, <laughs> and then no one's crotch is safe
0: and then Kikutaro responded with this okay
1: you know what oh, I, I oh, think oh, I know oh. what's coming here oh! Yeah. Oh! Oh! this is karma this is karma yes <laughs> it is karma that is correct Kikutaro Sounds like triumph. The insult comic. Yes,
0: dog. that's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah. I was that's why I added it to the soundboard because I was like, I, I need the. This is karma. This, <laughs> this is, is karma. karma. <laughs> um, this anyway, is
1: also a picture. Maybe we can add this. Oh yes, Stephanie McMahon I... and K- Taro with WWE legend Stephanie McMahon, the creator of women's wrestling. That's funny. Um, um,
0: but no, it was great because you know so many matches that are already crazy and fun to watch. They just get put over the top for me when there's good commentary. Oh, yeah. Like Jericho was doing commentary on the dance off, Uh which really put it over the top for me um, because uh, Jericho's commentary is always fun. And this guy doing commentary on this match just put it way over the top for me. So that's why it's match of the week on my end.
1: That was great. I mean, there were so many. The the GCW Now and Forever show that I went to in Melrose Ballroom because I guess we didn't talk about it at all. What a perfect wrestling show that was. Check it out. It's on Fight oh, Plus, yeah. I believe. It had every kind of. I mean, there was like a serious, you know, women's indie wrestling type main event. There was a, a Yoshihiko match with Speedball that ended up being kind of like a parody of Will Osprey versus Kenny Omega 2. there. I mean, there was Maki Ito and Billy Starks had a great match, and in the middle of it was a pose off where yeah. Billy Starks was trying to learn how oh, to pose God, like Maki Ito. The pose off. Yeah. Aww. George South came in. He's like the 60 year old wrestler. Who just was doing oh God, like with very the baseball bat? Yeah, who was just doing like <laughs> super like old school heel stuff to like piss off the crowd? It took no bumps until he ran into the referee and he bumped for the referee. I uh, I
0: I really the more I think about it and the more I watch wrestling and the more we talk about like AEW's lack of women's matches, the more I realize that I think GCW is what I want AEW to be. Mm. Like I continually watch gcw shows and i go wrestling's awesome i love wrestling this is so good i am having so much fun this is great and then i go to an aw show and i like it not trying to say it's not good but i'm saying like i don't get that same like oh my god this could only happen here oh wow you know like (laughs) i just don't have the same um psychotically happy reaction to it that i have to a lot of gcw shows
1: yeah i mean I feel like AEW's women's wrestling has like regressed in a weird way. Cause at first really they were has. at first they were trying to like build it from nothing essentially because they had like Britt Baker and a few other like people, but uh, WWE had signed in 2019, WWE had signed like every like independent or, un- you know, available women's wrestler that was good <laughs> or, you know, was prominent yeah. or whatever they signed everybody away. So he had to really uh, build it from almost nothing. And I think they were going to bolster it with Joshi talent from Japan But unfortunately, in the first year of AEW, COVID happened, so they couldn't have a lot of international stars, so they were just kind of, like, building from a small, they had kind of a small roster, and then they built it up over time. Britt Baker got really over, Thunder Rosa was there, they got Tony Storm, and they had all, Jamie Hayter got really popular, and it was, like, building and seemingly getting better and expanding, and then now it's, like, regressed to Dynamite, Blood, and Guts they had one women's match that was a minute long,
0: sixty seconds. It was folks.
1: Britt Baker versus a, a, a jobber in a two
0: hour show. Yes, hundred and twenty minutes. Yeah, one minute. Just want to make that clear. And
1: I mean, like, it just was, it's just insulting, you know. After yeah, a while, it's, it's like there's it nobody. Re- and if you and I, it Especially does like, feel like it could be a Warner this thing because Tony Khan also books ROH, and there's always like multiple significant women's matches on ROH. Yeah. So I don't know why there's none on AEW.
0: It's very weird, especially, and especially felt like such a kick in the gut this week because of the Charlie Evans, Renee Amashita Sawyer rec match that I was just talking about. It's like that happens the same week as the Britt Baker, 60 seconds on dynamite, you know? And you're just like, there are so many women in this industry that are extremely cool and fun to watch and none of them just, is just you know none of them are on dynamite this week <laughs> except for Brit. We like Brit, but yeah, you know, but
1: still, it's just um,
0: you know why wouldn't you why why wouldn't you have any of these like Masha Slamovich like mm-hmm. Maki Ito like all of these women? I'm like
1: they always so excited
0: Ito, to see it. But, yeah, I know they've had her before, but, no, but, but I'm saying just saying they could like, have her. Yeah. Uh, anyway, okay. Outfit of the week.
1: Um, I picked Christian Cage's sleeveless turtleneck, and I know that he wears it all the time now. But it's just such a great touch. Yeah. For him to have the wear a turtleneck, like a suit with a turtleneck, and then when he takes off the suit, it's just it's the sleeveless turtleneck. Yeah. And he wrestles in. It's just so perfect.
0: Yeah. And I'm gonna pick Taya Valkyrie because again, like just seeing her in person and her whole kit was mm-hmm. like it was great. She looked fantastic. She can really yeah. she can really wear the gear, you know. Yeah. The gear does not wear her.
1: No, she wears the gear. Yeah and she's great no she was she really i i I have high hopes right now that i'm like i'm glad that she didn't win like championships before i got used to her in AEW because i'm like oh now i'm like really starting to like her more Mm -hmm. and if she had just like beaten jade cargill immediately it would have kind of it might have felt kind of like all right they just kind of rushed her to it yeah Um, but now i I do have a note for not her though when they set up her versus tony storm for battle of the belts because i was like it was just kind of weird because she just lost a bunch of matches but then she had a women's world title shot but uh, I remember that Battle of the Belts was in Canada and she might be the only Canadian uh, woman on the roster. And so uh, off the top of my head, um, but it's still a great match, even though the weather uh, Of course the weather stopped the women's match from Battle of the Belts from being shown in its entirety on TV. Um, But, but the way they set it up was Tony Storm came out and like, I was like, Oh, they're going to, she, cause she was like, you've been losing a lot, Taya. And I was like, oh, they're going to do a thing because Ty Valkyrie also was in WWE for a little while. She's at in NXT as Frankie Monet. Um, and so I thought Tony Storm was going to be like, you've been losing a lot. And you know why you've been losing a lot? And she, her response was like, because you're a loser. And I was like, no, it should have been, you've been losing a lot because you're alone. You should be with us because we're all out. Like you're an outsider. You're a WWE person like us. You should be mm. like, you, you're a vet who came from somebody else. You're not like a homegrown AEW. You should mm. be with us. And then she could have been like, screw you on my own person. And then they have a match. But instead it was just like this weird kind of aimless back and forth insult thing. And it was just like, there's just, it, it was felt right there. You very, know,
0: very few of the storylines on AEW right now feel like they have organic forward momentum. You know what I mean? Like I, the MJF Adam Cole thing has it because mm-hmm. it's like, they have to be a tag team and they are like trying to figure out their relationship. Yeah. And that's kind of what we're looking forward to every mm-hmm. week. But it's hard when I watch AEW to, 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 to notice anything else that's like that. Cause I feel like a lot of it right now, and I'm just talking about like right now, a lot yeah. of it is kind of like that. Like people are just like mad at each other to be mad at each other. I
1: think there, yeah, there's a lot of people who are like changing like Jack Perry, formerly jungle boy is definitely like trying to figure out himself as a heel. Cause right now it just kind of, he's, he wrestled really well this week. I mean, hook versus him was a great match, but it was very much like, he's just doing impressions of every heel from the past 25 years because he just doesn't really, I don't think he really knows how to be a heel. He's, he's such a natural baby face and he's so good at that. And he's only really wrestled that way. So now it's like, you know, he's just going to have to figure it out. And so he's just, so like, there's a justifiable reason for him to have turned heel. Cause the fans turned on him and he's like, not used to people not liking him and he's jealous, but he should just be like following that and being like, I'm Hollywood. I'm better than you. I'm in this piece of East coast trash yeah. hook has, cause he's, you know, from Hollywood. Right. He um, should be like he won a title and I don't have a title. I like, think that's stupid. Uh, and so he's just like lean into that more. So there's justifiable reasons, but the character feels so broad right now that it like feels almost unjustified um and blackpool combat club and elite will be done now feuding with each other yeah uh and blood and guts was great very fun what it
0: was it's because it's like it's the end of that blackpool combat Club storyline so it's like we're going to a new season yeah we're kind of going in between these things and so the the mjf adam cole thing is really the only thing that has that organic momentum uh and everything else is kind of like well we told them to fight
1: (laughs) yeah um, Except for, of course, pack versus Gravity coming yeah. up on this Dynamite, because I right. forgot him. I
0: think we need to do our nerd fantasy booking.
1: Okay, what did I write down here? Um, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I just want CM Punk to start doing vignettes with all of the billionaires that he's friends with, so I want him to be, like, hanging out with David Zassel and be like, oh, hey, I'm just hanging out with my buddy David. Um, so what's going on? And he's just, like, just be friend to billionaire CM Punk. If you are just billionaire CM Punk, corporate sellout CM Punk, shill, I would love it um
0: yeah yeah that's, that's great we um that. i didn't write this down because i forgot to pick one but i have one ready luckily um i want when ftr face mjf and adam cole i want nick gage and maki ito to come out and spoil it and take the titles oh, for wow. themselves
1: you want them to steal them
0: yes with violence
1: with violence ruthless
0: violence Knives and stuff. I don't
1: want Nick Gage to say the f word on. Yeah, and Machido flips
0: everybody off, yeah. and they get a big FCC fine. Yeah, <laughs> dude,
1: no. it's worth it. Tony, you can afford it.
0: I, I just think Machido and Nick Gage are great, and yeah. I would love to see them in a place like AEW doing, you know, crazy stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, and they are a tag team, and now. that
0: would be a fun way to kind of. And that because it's so spoilery it's so like yeah. it's so like oh we didn't see this coming at all
1: yeah because i'm trying to figure out like who's going to turn on mjf or cole Wait, who's going to turn first and it's yeah. like neither
0: i don't want them to turn on each other
1: i don't want them to turn on each other either and it seems to but i don't think ftr is going to lose those titles for like a year so i don't know i don't know it's interesting
0: Not, uh, maybe if my comes and unless... slips their
1: throats <laughs> unless they do a full she would never Unless they do a full, um, like, official brand split and they have two sets of tag team titles.
0: Oh, yeah. And yeah. also,
1: another thing about GCW, Nick Gage and Maki Ito could be the tag team champions.
0: Yeah. That's, yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I want. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> be that's funny. That's great. Oh, it'd be great, and it would really insulate AEW from all this criticism we're wheeled, we're throwing yeah. at them about women's wrestling. It's also you know?
1: interesting that AEW Fight Forever. One of the selling points, I guess, is that it's like you could just have anybody from the roster can do anything. Mm-hmm. You could fight anybody with anybody. Yeah, there's no like gender thing. Any like you could, any like any character can win any championship mm-hmm. in the game. So why aren't we doing that on TV? Yeah, why right. can't Britt Baker challenge for the world title or something? You know. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that's all the time we have this week. Okay, great. Um, everybody, we love you so much. Yeah. Please Smash. Subscribe. Smash and subscribe.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, goodbye.
1: Bye.